0: Change the way you think about yourself and relationships forever.
1: Your weekly dose of mind-opening audio goodness starts here with the Raw Attraction Magazine Podcast. What do you see as attraction? What is attraction to you? What does it mean? What does that word mean to you?
0: To me, it means that on an energetic level, on a vibrational level, you are a match to someone, and because you are a match to that person, meaning that you vibrate at similar frequencies, the universe pulls you together, and that's experienced in the body as those chemical rushes which we associate so often with love and with romance, mm-hmm. and that sort of magnetic pull between the partner and another, you know two people, partners basically, mm-hmm. and on a universal level, essentially, your higher self, your soul. Is interested in your expansion. Obviously, if you're lined up with your own vibrational match, a mirroring takes place and through that mirroring, learning takes place. So you will always find yourself attracted, drawn together with a vibrational match to that mirror, which will serve as a platform for you to understand where you are currently and what you would like to change about where you are. So it actually gives rise to more desire, which is right where
1: you are currently. In, um, in in respect to what I'm feeling that you're saying, um, currently respect to where you are with love. Um, is that the case where
0: where you are with many things love being, of course, first and foremost among them, but Mm -hmm. let's say that you've got self-worth issues. The person who you're going to be attracted to most likely will exacerbate those self-worth issues. (laughs) Mm -hmm. This is sort of the story nobody wants to hear about vibrational matches and about attraction in general is that you will be drawn together with the person who serves your expansion most. That means if you need to expand in terms of self-love, then the mate that you find is going to push you squarely into that necessity.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I heard recently this week that this kind of interaction, it's like love is designed to show you whatever love is not Um, in these these interactions. Would you agree with that?
0: I would very much so agree. It's like love transforms and flushes to the surface everything unlike itself, Mm -hmm. which is why it is the most amazing vibration as far as human expansion and development is concerned. Mm.
1: And so how do we go about creating better vibrational matches for ourselves is it about diving deeper into our uh, shadows
0: I think diving deep into our shadows will, would be one aspect of it but if you would like me to sum up in one word what will make you line up with an enjoyable partner it's self-acceptance and I'm talking radical self-acceptance and I'm and when I say acceptance I don't mean that that sort of resignation because when most people hear the word acceptance that's what they feel. Mm-hmm. We associate acceptance with resigning to the fact that something is the way that it is, and that's sort of the, to sidestep the fact that you are creating your own reality. So what I mean by radical acceptance is radical approval.
1: How that means do you do find that?
0: everything you hate about yourself and mm-hmm. find a way to find approval for it. So one of the best ways to do this, and see, this is what will happen. The more in approval of yourself you are, the more the partner you attract into your reality will find approval for you. And that's really what what we enjoy. That Mm. approval is pure positive focus. Pure positive focus is the same vibration as love. Mm. So love from another person is going to come as a result of you finding a way to completely approve of yourself exactly the way that you are. So, so the, one of the best ways to, do, to go about doing this is to figure out every day, I say, because it's like really overwhelming to do it all at once. But um, every day you wake up, and you pick one thing that you don't accept about yourself, something you're majorly in resistance to. So like maybe I feel like I am um, irrational
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you write that word down. I'm irrational. And then you find every item of proof that makes you feel good about the fact that you're irrational. And it works really quickly.
1: I can imagine, yeah, it's it's about um, yeah, connecting to the love that you are within yourself. Your self acceptance is the best way to accept your shadow, you think.
0: And so your and so your partner will. See, this is the most, the most key part. If you want a loving relationship, you got to come to a place of approval about those things. Otherwise, you're going to attract a mate who hates it also. So, if I'm in resistance to the fact that I'm irrational, I'm going to end up with a guy who turns to me and then says, God, I just can't stand how irrational you are. Could you just think logically for 10 seconds? This is ridiculous t- deal. <laughs> See? So, but whereas if I'm in approval of my own irrational behavior, then I'm most likely to meet a guy that says, never change. I really need somebody in my life who's this spontaneous.
1: So it's not about finding your shadow and then trying to work through everything to make it um, perfect. It's about just the acceptance of what the shadow is.
0: Yes. I mean, because really, why, why, why should we? Why should we get to a place where, I mean, it's one thing if we really want to change something. You can always change something. But in and of itself, that's a flawed message that I need to change in some way to find love hmm. Talk about a messed up message to send yourself. Talk about a messed up message to send the world. Ultimately, what we all want, what we all didn't get as children is a person in our lives who said, I love you exactly the way you are in this minute. You don't have to change one thing. And honestly, you're not in love until you find that person who you feel like that about. See, we have the tendency to fall in love with p- the potential potential for somebody to be different than how they are and who they are. And that is the opposite of love. Love says you don't need to change. Love says this is exactly, if you stayed this way for the rest of our lives, I would still want to be with you. That's exactly what we want as a partner who feels like that. So we have to start culturing that in ourselves. And we can't do that unless we're willing to find approval for the things we've been trying to change. And that's sort of the problem. Most of the people who want to find out how to get a perfect relationship are self-help nerds. Self-help nerds are all about changing the self and therefore they're self-haters.
1: Mm-hmm. I agree. And it's a beautiful message. Um for everyone listening to take on as well did you know you can get all of our podcasts and meditations on our new podcast app just head over to rawattractionpodcast.com and tap the link to download on the google play store or the app store for the world's best conscious love and sex podcasts and meditations at your fingertips head over to rawattractionpodcast.com to get the app And please tell at least one friend to do the same thank you so much how important is channeling your sexual power and how do you use it in a healthy way um to uh yeah to be for it to be a catalyst to your spiritual growth because um many of the spiritual leaders don't touch this stuff uh pretty much yeah. everyone and I was just having a conversation a minute ago um about about exactly this and the guy was saying uh the reason they don't touch it is because there's too much shadow work going on there which we've just mentioned um would you do you do you have your thoughts on why it's been so suppressed and how um we can we can use it and how we can use it to help our spiritual growth because i think it for me personally and my experiences is it's a key thing for uh, facilitating your spiritual growth. Then, um, one night of sex could do, as, of of connected, loving, conscious, spiritually enlightened sex can be. As well, I haven't sat in a cave for ten years meditating, but it, it, <laughs> it's <laughs> it could be as enlightening. What are your thoughts? Well.
0: Anyone who's looking at sex in its purest light understands that sex is basically the purest expression we have on the physical planet of source itself. It is the unification of polarity. So being a unification of polarity, what you are, are actually finding is that it brings you into alignment with oneness more so than anything else you can do. And so it's it's a bit of an understatement even to say that it can do for you, the, you know, in alignment sex can do for you what meditating in a cave for 10 years can do. It's no joke. And, and my answer always is <laughs> the more shadow involved, the more we should be really exploring it and looking at it because we are fundamentally in resistance because of the fact that we live with these separate identities, these egos We're fundamentally in resistance to our own nature. So obviously if we're in resistance to our own nature and part of our own nature and the natural expression of our love is sex, we would be in resistance to sex. But, Sex itself is not the issue. It's the thoughts that we have around those things. So really the thoughts themselves are what needs to be looked at and done shadow work on. And then what you'll find is that the physical sex is just a a symptom of a mental alignment. So when I am focusing purely positively towards this thing, be it another person or whatever, my natural inclination will be to combine myself, merge myself on a physical level, because that's the physical expression of that love. So sex is the most natural spiritual expression of that type of positive focus and desire to line up with my own nature, which is that of oneness. Mm. So if I am thinking positive thoughts on a day to day basis, then that natural expression will be healthy. So. I'm not one of these people who says we need to go and like take physical action to stop all of the rape and stop all of the other out of alignment aspects that are happening relative to sexuality. What we need to deal with is the, the shadow aspects of self-worth, the shadow aspects of I'm unlovable, all of these types of things. And then what you'll notice is that all of these, the symptomology mm-hmm. like rape and like child molestation and like, you know, a lot of the other fetishes that are not particularly healthy, I guess you could say, they will disappear because that, that expression, I, so here this is a good way to say it. The sexual expression is a direct reflection of our attitude towards love in general. So if you're raised in a super healthy upbringing around human connection, which is satisfying to you, then it will never occur to you to use sex as a modality of harm. That literally doesn't occur unless your attitude towards love or human connection in general is corrupted or severed in some way. Mm-hmm. So why are we focusing so incessantly on trying to fix people's sexualities when really sex is what comes most naturally if we are getting out of the way of that natural expression of love and sex by virtue of dealing with the issues that created in the first place, which is always our connection with our parents, our connection with our primary caregivers. That's what really sets us up.
1: So it's the way we've been nurtured around sex that is completely made our realities uh, as they are now. Yes. Um,
0: yeah, so, so like, we can... See, this is going about it the hard way, working... I'll just tell a personal story. You want, you want a personal story? Sure. Okay, so, uh, in my childhood, obviously, if anybody's been following my whole childhood, you know, with the, all the sexual abuse that went on in my childhood, mm-hmm. I have this tendency during sex to disappear mentally. Mm-hmm. I can't participate unless I'm in a mental landscape, which is not in the room, I'll tell you that. Yeah. And... So I'm it's like I'm having a fantasy separate of the person I'm with, and that is a barrier to connection. So if I sat there for a long time and focused on trying to be in the room and taking action in that way, I noticed it never worked at all. And so part of me was thinking, you know, I'm never going to ever be with a person who makes it so that I feel safe enough to be in the room when I'm having sex. And that was sort of my life. <laughs> but what I started really attacking was the my issues with human connection, my issues with self-approval. And I ended up lining up with a partner who, for the first time in my life, I could immediately have that sexual expression with. I wasn't leaving the room. It freaked me out because I was like, wait a minute, I've done this for years and years, and suddenly I don't feel the need to leave the room. In fact, this is the first time I've been present for sex. Mm -hmm. And so what I'm getting to is that it wasn't about any practice I had that related to the actual sex act. It was about the fact that I started to purify my my self-trust was what really did it. I started to really trust myself and trust the fact that I had my own best interest at heart, and I would make the decisions that I needed to make based on how I felt. And once my body knew that it could trust me in that way, then when I chose a partner, it trusted me with the partner.
1: Mm-hmm. It, wasn't, then, it was not It was nothing particularly about him. It was all about you.
0: Yeah. Well, it was about both, because what happened is, is that it, it, I made it about me, but that made me then a vibrational match to a partner who could meet me on that level.
1: Mm-hmm. I understand. It's a
0: bit hard in a law of attraction universe to separate out all of the variables because they all coalesce yeah. because they're all a the vibrational match.
1: Okay. Mm. So interesting. Um, and the case for spiritual leaders not delving into this uh, stuff and how to um, <laughs> how to how to use. Sex and connection for facilitating your spiritual growth, how might that be done?
0: i That's the thing. I feel like in and of that question is the flawed premise that it isn't done in and of itself when you're in the middle of the act of sex. Yeah. I, I feel like sex in general does that in and, in and on its own. So it's not like we need to do something different when we're having sex with someone. I mean, we may run into barrier issues, like like our issue to maybe intimacy. In which case, if we see that coming up, then we just work on what we're afraid of.
1: Perhaps my sure. Hmm. Uh, perhaps a better question to phrase it isn't. It? Um, it's taking the sex act away from it. Um, that's out of the question. How, um, how do you use your sexual energy that you feel when you wake up every morning or to cultivate uh, a more rounded and spiritual life (laughs) without even having sex? Say you were celibate for the rest of your life, like, which... That'd
0: be sad. (laughs) um,
1: Yeah, it might be. (laughs) Um, but it's possible to be celibate, um and still use your sexual energy for manifestation and um, growth uh, and expansion, soul expansion. Do, do you do you practice that on a daily basis or do you use that as part of your life, using your life force energy like that?
0: I have too much sexual energy for most people. It kind of bowls people over. So I don't really differentiate between sexual energy and just my energy in general.
1: Okay. Yeah. So, so
0: I suppose that, that, um, the answer would be yes, but I don't intentionally do it. I have worked with clients before in you know, doing Kundalini work, essentially, where you feel that life force, that that sort of turned on vibe that you get, mm-hmm. and you basically breathe it up through your body. So, because it usually starts in the sacral area, so you just breathe it into the rest of your body, especially into your hands, and then you do whatever action comes to you most naturally, whether it's paint a painting or make a phone call or whatever, and obviously that's going to be backed by a lot more energy.
1: Mm-hmm. So this, you have a lot of sexual energy running through you all the time.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And, that I think, um, well, I think it's the most powerful type of energy and it helps. It doesn't mean, um, you have to use it for sex all the time, but, um, it's the most powerful force of energy for running your life and manifesting what you want and being a leader and doing what you do in your life as, um, a great thing, so I think
0: oh yeah, sexual energy is not differentiated easily from the the ability to bring the truth and the totality of who you are to the surface, so it's really the opposite of how most people are living. Most people are trying to fit into society by virtue of toning themselves down to use your sexual energy is the exact opposite of that. It's to literally throw yourself into the world. I mean, it's to become an exhibitionist in many ways on an energetic level, if not a physical level.
1: And would you agree, society and um, well, you would. I think anyone would agree. Religion has suppressed sexuality because m- many people knew the power of the sexual energy and to suppress people. Um, we live we're still living in a society where this sexuality is. Although we there's so much sex on display, it's like. Mm. It's the wrong kind of sex. What? Yeah, what I like
0: is... to say it's mutual masturbation. What mm-hmm. they have on screen is not sex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's literally just like a corrupted byproduct of what these people want us to believe that sex is. But actually, the way that they portray it is it inhibits intimacy. So it actually inhibits the very thing which sexuality is designed to create.
1: Mm-hmm. For example, could you give an example of what maybe. Um, well, I could give an example, um, well, in the mainstream media, uh, you have women who are photoshopped and stuff, which creates self-body image issues, and that creates a whole lot of things with, around sex, of is a woman good enough, and even, and when it comes to men, um, if men, men get addicted to porn from a, a we're not yep. men boys get addicted to porn from the age of 12 13 maybe even earlier sometimes and in porn the camera is solely solely focused on a guy's genitals and no, no emotion no connection nothing else so he boys from a young age will associate themselves with just the genitals and nothing else and this is perpetuating a whole haste of problems throughout society.
0: Oh, enormously. And it's a major problem as well, because when you set up that pathway, which pe- men are doing essentially when men watch porn and they are masturbating, what they're doing is creating a pathway that expects and links sex and intimacy with what they're watching on the screen. And so that's essentially they're setting themselves up for that to be the only way that they can reach climax. And climax is the moment at which you merge with your source aspect. It's the dissolving of the ego. That's why it's so incredibly amazing and in such a spiritual experience the ego is essentially dissolved in your back in the this sort of sense of your basic essence which is unified with all that is and you can't do that if you are continually linking your orgasms to what you're watching on on a porn screen
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah 13 year olds if you're listening you need to turn off the porn now
0: And it's not what women like either. And that's the thing, too. Like the the sad part about little boys watching those types of porn films is that they it does not actually represent what women like in sex at all. And so they get with their partners and they think that that's what women want when they have sex and it's not. And so they feel inadequate and that leads to a whole host of relationship issues just because we've never taught sort of men how to be men in a sexual relationship with women. We've taught them how to use women and we've hired porn stars to act like they like it. Thank you for listening to the Raw Attraction Magazine podcast. If you've enjoyed it, please share it and spread the love.
1: Until next time, we wish you a loving, sexy and intimate week.